to Let's Face Reality with Bravo. Today's going to be another Married to Medicine recap, so can't wait to get into that. But I hope you guys have had a great beginning of your week. It is a Monday. Let's hope we start it strong. It's actually kind of rainy over here in Dallas. Uh, the weather's very depressing and seems like it's going to be like this this entire week. So cold, rainy weather. It's just... Ugh makes me not want to leave the house. It brings out the home body in me and I cannot wait once I finish these recaps. I'm just going to lay in bed, take a shower, watch some TV, have dinner. Even though it's already almost dinner time, so I have like an hour left to eat considering I do intermittent fasting, so I only eat between the hours of 12 and I try like maximum 7 p.m., but I always try to end by 6 p.m., which is usually what I do. But anyways, uh, don't forget to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Rate, review, leave us some feedback so I know what I need to fix, what you guys are annoyed of, or what needs adjusting. So Suzanne's new microphone finally came in, so I'm really excited for us to record together for Potomac and see how it's going to be different with how she sounds compared to how I sound because it's really been bugging me. So hoping that works out. But anyways, let's get into the Married to Medicine recap. It's season 10, episode 10, a very powerful message. And we start out with quick snippets of Jackie at work, Sweet Tea teaching her dog some tricks, Alicia, which I finally got confirmation in today's episode when Kima or Kema was talking about his wife, he said Alicia. So her and her husband are out for breakfast and she starts nursing her baby in public. But it starts out with Toya and Dr. Simone meeting up for some lunch and Simone comes in seeming very stressed out and happy to be there because... Uh, from my understanding, she had multiple procedures and a lot of patients back to back. So she's glad to have a break right now and get some drinks with Toya in. And we see Simone asking Toya if she's a germaphobe because apparently Toya's house is constantly clean and organized all the time. So we see Toya bringing up that she actually grew up with kind of an OCD mom who kept bothering them and her, her and her siblings when it came to the importance of cleaning and even deep cleaning, she'd have to like clean the crevices, the corners of those walls, which I do that every time I clean my room. So I kind of liked seeing that, knowing that Toya is my favorite. So the fact that she cleans really well is a big thing for me, okay? I'm I'm that annoying cleaner where my family hates it if I'm in the kitchen with them or anywhere around them because I constantly clean up after they're, like if they just leave something on the table and they'll be right back to it. It's going to be washed by the time they come back because I'm the annoying person that does the dishes with any small thing I see around the house. So I'm trying to work on that. It's part of the little things in my character flaws that I've been working out. And one of them is being bossy. The other one is my OCD-ness. But, you know, hey, at least I'm aware. At least I'm aware of these things. But we see Toy or Simone. She's bringing up to Toya her treatment of Eugene and that she needs to be kinder to him, which I first thought was kind of weird that Simone's even bringing this up because I'm like, how would she know how Toya treats Eugene? Come to find out, Cecil goes and tells Simone everything that Eugene goes and talks about with him when they have boys' night or I guess, you know, when boys do what they usually do, just complain to each other about their wives, I guess. So Toya says that her and Eugene are in a better place now where they kind of just need to reestablish their romance and their relationship and to have some fun with it at this point. 
So she wants Eugene to have more passion and to do things that please Toya and not just himself. So we see Simone suggesting to Toya that maybe it's her turn this time to start planning some date nights instead of always relying on Eugene to do it. But Toya explains to her that this is what she's been doing lately anyways, and she's the one who's been planning their dates. So she wants to see Eugene put his foot first and, you know, step it up for her. He would be the one to surprise her and take care, like, she starts talking about how, you know, we talked about it last episode where when she first started dating Eugene, he was always the one to take her out on these spontaneous dates. If she ever said she liked something or enjoyed like buying something certain, he would get it for her or take her to that specific location. So we end up seeing Simone explain this from Eugene's perspective, which like I said before, Cecil had voiced Eugene's concerns to her. So she goes and says that Eugene thinks when he plans something, he's scared to because you're so critical, Toya. And Simone ends up also bringing up that Eugene took her to South Carolina last year for her birthday. But Toya ends up cutting her off and telling her that it was so horrible and that he took her there because it was on Toya's bucket list. And he took her on this boat ride that was basically some tour guide explaining the history of South Carolina. And... Simone looks at her and she starts saying that Toya is contradicting herself because they flash back to Toya saying that she loves Eugene because of how much he enlightens her. And we see here that Simone actually also pointed out like, or Toya pointed it out herself that it was on her bucket list to go to South Carolina. So Eugene did that. And Simone still wasn't pleased with it. So at this point, Toya is making herself look worse with that. But I mean, like Toya, this man is trying for you. I mean, I feel like Toya just needs to explain to Eugene a little bit more as to what she wants and to go to places she would rather go to instead of just complaining about it to her friends or complaining to Eugene. Maybe she should stop complaining to him and telling him, you know, let's try this type of area or let's try this place to go on a date or let's travel here instead. Instead of her saying, you don't do this right for me or I just I hated that date we went on. Don't do that, but just give him suggestions instead. I think that's what Simone is trying to explain to her. So we go in and we see Dr. Heavenly. She's with her patient. Her name is T.S. Madison. T.S. standing for Transsexual Madison, who's friends with Dr. Heavenly. And Heavenly is just here to show her support for the trans community. So she ends up explaining the procedure she's doing for her, which is an implant. And they just start going into the awareness that they want to bring into the community and to talk about how black people are already not respected. And some people kind of just discard them in a way, which is very true. I mean, black people are always overseen, overshadowed. They're never the spotlight. They're never the people that that others want to uh, focus on and, you know, go in head first when it comes to an issue. Like, you know, when we were, when the systemic racism was finally brought about to people, you had the people that were like, eh, I still don't get it. They're still, you know, able to go through the same like rights and stuff that we do. But then other people were finally able to grasp the concept like, uh, no, police brutality, the way that they treat them, the way that if a black person is stopped by a cop when they're speeding, they could also be stopped for other things that has nothing to do with them just speeding. But basically the color of their, their skin will make a police officer treat them a certain way. So, you know, they're just going into all of these ways how they're not treated equally. And to also on top of that be a black trans person, just it's not an easy life to lead for them. So, you know, they're showing us that Dr. Avonlea has so much support for them and, you know, she's coming in to get her teeth fixed up. So then we go into Dr. Jackie seeing her patient as well and she got her patient's lab results back and her cholesterol is apparently 272, which is way too high 
it's higher than 199. So that means she's kind of close to a heart disease at this point. And so Dr. Jackie's out here explaining how her weight currently is really unhealthy and she's on the path of obesity. So we see that Dr. Jackie suggests putting her on semiglutide, which is Ozempic for other people who don't know the generic names for it. And of course, they'd give Dr. Jackie the weight of a patient being part of her storyline since Dr. Jackie is the one that likes to point out every single person's weight on here. Um, Clearly some sort of eating disorder going on there. But, you know, um, I just don't like when Dr. Jackie talks about other people's weight. I think that's what bothers me about her. It's like, I get it. You know, you take care of yourself. You're a very healthy person. Some other people can be eating the exact same foods that Dr. Jackie's eating, but because of the way their hormones are, maybe they have PCOS or uh, thyroid issues, which is something Dr. Jackie very much works in, in that department with women, some women can't easily lose the weight. Even if they eat healthy and they're just constantly eating clean, some women will stay the exact same weight that they've been. So I just don't, I don't like the, the weight shaming that she does. But we now see Dr. Simone. She's also seeing a patient, but the opposite with this patient. Instead of this patient wanting to get on Ozempic, this patient's actually been on Ozempic and she's ready to have a baby. So she's been off of it for almost a month now. It's just funny that they're trying to normalize this whole Ozempic thing. And I don't have an issue with it personally. I don't, nothing against it at all. But it's giving people the easy way out. And Simone just explains that there's a shortage to it. So if there's a shortage, why are you trying to prescribe it when, like, I personally feel like if a person isn't at that level of obesity or if someone can easily lose weight if they just go on a specific regimen or get on a diet, like, I feel like if it's really difficult, if you have the body type where it's so hard for you to lose weight or if you're reaching obesity or if you're about to get into di- you're about to be a diabetic because of the way you eat, 100% get on Ozempic. But if you're the type where you have a pretty fast metabolism and you're just too lazy to, you know, have some self-discipline, I don't think there's really a reason for you to get on it. Just kind of work for it, you know? But we do go back to Dr. Jackie and she has her patient get weighed, which... I was kind of surprised that her patient even allowed herself to get weighed on TV. But I mean, she obviously gave her the green light for it. But uh, that's when she goes in and tells her that she's close to being morbidly obese. So Dr. Jackie tells her that as long as the pros outweigh the cons, I suggest you take Ozempic. But see, this is why I don't trust doctors. They don't care if the cons aren't as bad if you take it and enjoy the benefits. Then... That means you don't care about what happens long term. Like I've had such horrible experiences on medications just because a doctor would tell me "Eh, it's not going to do anything to you right now or uh, maybe long term if you take it for so long. But in reality, any medication you put in your body is simply just a Band-Aid. So I always I this is why I've gone into this whole holistic route of things, eating clean, working out not drinking coffee, for example, before you eat. So your cholesterol or your, not your cholesterol. So your, uh, cortisol levels don't go up. Um, don't drink alcohol. Don't do drugs. Don't like, if you just follow a certain specific path, you won't need to be on as many medications as you think you need to be on. Like I said, of course, people who are born with an immunity disorder, or if you have cancer or something like that, Don't listen to me. Obviously get on meds. But if you're someone where you feel like you're going through some little issue then and there, but it's not not really anything, just maybe change your lifestyle and see if that's going to help you out. But we go back to Dr. Simone. 
telling her patient to have a discussion with her husband before getting pregnant, just in case maybe her husband isn't ready for it because of the Georgia abortion laws. So we're getting into some more learning here. And they give us a little tidbit on the law, which is the heartbeat bill in uh, in Georgia. And so once the baby does have a heartbeat, it is illegal to have an abortion in that state, which would mean that her patient would have to spend more money just to leave the state and to get an abortion, get a doctor there, pay for a hotel, the flight, all of that. And so now we go into Toya and her husband, and they're taking their son to the dentist. And I just have to say, guys, this episode was just doctor appointment after doctor appointment. And I understand we're watching a show about medicine. Oh, my God. But this was a lot because then we even have sweet tea after that at a doctor's appointment. It's just like, what? This was an interesting episode. But anyways, Toya and her husband, they take their son to the dentist. And Toya brings up to her kids that... Her sons have been telling her this. the girls at school don't like the smart kids. They like the jocks. So her son makes fun of her telling her that nobody uses the word jocks anymore. And we see Toya going in to say that Eugene was handsome back then. But it's very clear that Eugene was one of the nerds. I mean, he is a doctor now. So Eugene was a smart boy, staying out of trouble, not with the partiers and those scary jock boys. And she goes in to say how when she was a freshman, she dated a senior in high school. And her husband looks at her like, that was statutory rape, ma'am. Uh, he obviously didn't like that because it's like, oh, wow, so you were dating some cool popular boy and then you ended up marrying some nerdy boy who works in the ER. But, I mean, Toya ended up winning. She got a great man. And it's usually the nerds who end up looking more attractive as they age. So always pick the nerds. They're more stable too. But Eugene brings up to his boys that he always takes Toya out on dates and she's the one who never takes him out. So she says that she's going to be the one taking him out this time. And Toya does complain that he did take her out on a date, but it was a date to a butcher shop. Um, Ma'am, that was a very fancy butcher shop dinner place that you guys went to with your husband. I would have loved to go there and just watch someone cook for me some good old meat. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I love that. But, you know, uh, her boys go in. They get their teeth taken care of. It seems like one of them needs to get some braces in. And then they're on their way out. So we go in to see Sweet Tea with, uh, what's her face, with Dr. G going in her doctor appointment. And we see Sweet Tea tell the doctor that she's just having very sharp pains at this point, And it seems like it's in her back. And so they go through her MRI results. And it seems like she has a 5-centimeter fibroid, which is just getting bigger. And that's not some good news. So Dr. G just wonders how much it'll grow before surgery. And the doctor goes in to say that she doesn't know, but it will be a great idea to remove it as soon as possible. And that the surgery will actually be done robotically, microscopically, through small incisions. So it could also take up to to a few hours, just depending on how big the fibroids are and if they can clear everything pretty fast. And we end up seeing that the doctor does confirm that once they remove those fibroids, the pains will decrease. And once she does have the surgery, it will definitely increase her chances of having a spontaneous pregnancy. So that's actually great news. I was really surprised to hear that she can get pregnant very easily after that. But the problem is that it's going to take up to six months after the surgery for her to be able to be trying to have a baby. So that's the part that's kind of like, oh my God. So even after, you would have thought that after they clean it out, they could do that, but wow, it's going to take a while. So now we see Dr. Simone and Cecil visiting their boys. And I love seeing Dr. Simone and Cecil's relationship. I swear they have one of the healthiest marriages, in my opinion, in the Bravo verse. I just, after they were so close to getting a divorce and then Andy Cohen kind of helped them mend fences. 
I think, I think they're going to be able to overcome anything. But we see that their boys are cooking for their parents before they arrive, which is really cute. And Simone brings them a gift, which is actually a pillow that says, call your mom, be safe, have fun, don't do stupid shit. And Simone and Cecil, they cheer their sons that they're out there in their confessional blowing the, there's like confetti coming out. They're blowing the, what is it called? The, the thing that people blow that make that little sound. You know what I'm talking about? But I mean, my parents are just the complete opposite of that. I mean, they want us to stay at home until we're married, but that's the Arab in them. And then we see Simone, she's bringing back uh, she apparently brings this black light to see if her boys have been cleaning their apartments to see if they've been up to up to par with the rules that she had left them. And so she goes in through their beds and Cecil is so embarrassed. He's covering his face the entire time his wife is doing this. And Simone is just, she says she's actually looking for semen around the place on their beds. And she's actually only worried about Michael. She's not worried about Miles, which is weird. I mean, all boys are wild, especially when they live alone. So why would you only be worried about one of your sons? Clearly, Miles knows how to trick his mom into thinking he's a little good boy. But they show all these flashbacks of Simone's boys growing up through the years. And it's just really nice to see the evolution of their family transpire in front of our eyes like that. It's a really big change that we're seeing. And it gives me more of a... What's it called? What's it called? Um, the, oh my God. It's, I know it starts with the Truman show. Yes. It's like the Truman show. When you watch these housewives who've been on, especially the OGs with their kids, it truly feels that way. It feels like we grew up with them, but we go and we get into Jackie's maternity morale, mortality rate, her little public service announcement ad thingy, whatever she's doing campaign. And Jackie wants all the ladies to wear their doctor coats. So Simone and Heavenly come in first, and they're being very supportive of this issue currently going on in the black community. And so the entire castmates, obviously, they're all here to give their support and to help out Jackie. So we see Heavenly. She has to do so many retakes because Jackie keeps forgetting what's in her script. She seems angry at some of the takes. She goes off script. She messes up. She's just kind of all over the place. So then Simone brings up Heavenly's Instagram live rant. She's like, if Heavenly can go on Instagram live every week and go ranting and spew all these things, I think she could memorize a few lines, especially being a dentist. You know, when you're a doctor, you have so many things you have to memorize. I don't know how Heavenly couldn't get this. But by the way, I love Dr. Heavenly's lives. She goes wild. And this is why she's brought back every season, okay? She knows how to give the audience exactly what they want. But Toya and Sweetie come in, and then Toya tries to give get her part out of the way, and she sits in the chair. But you see Simone go right to her. She kicks her off because Simone's been waiting her turn, and she goes, no, ma'am, climb on down. I'm gonna need you to get the hell out of that chair. Get y'all friend. Get y'all friend. And we see, guys, Phaedra, I almost forgot about my girl Phaedra this episode. She's been doing great on The Traders. Don't forget to watch The Traders, guys. It's like the best reality show currently on Peacock. Uh, But Phaedra was not in the entirety of this episode. I don't know why. I'm assuming her storyline's kind of falling flat. So not much there. But Simone tells us the classic that like this is classic Toya. Late as hell, but jump in the line like she's the most important thing here. I mean, that's true, but I still love my girl Toya. I mean, that's, she's kind of unaware of these things that she does. So then Joya brings, Joya, Jackie brings up that the girls are late 
and they have to take this seriously because until they see a mother die like her and Simone do on that medical table, they they need to just take it seriously and button up. So the ladies just get quiet. Everyone goes in. They do their parts one by one. And we go in and we see the husbands meeting up at the cigar lounge. So funny how we only see Jackie's husband during the boys' nights. Um suspicious I think not okay that man is the least loyal man on that cast and I will stand on that but they all order their drinks and we see uh Dr. G kind of making fun of Cecil because he orders a colorful drink and Dr. G just goes in on how men don't order colorful drinks apparently but they tell Greg that he seems excited to be with Sweet Tea and have a baby. And they do point out that he's a twin, which I completely forgot that he and Sweet Tea are both twins, honestly. So Dr. G admits that he wouldn't mind having two kids at the same time and just like get them over with so he can have his children already. And they ask Dr. G if he's ready to be a parent and he confirms that he is. So we go back to the ladies and they all finish their parts. So they're sitting on the couch and talking and Sweet Tea's just really sad and she's bringing up this whole thing because she does have endometriosis while trying to get pregnant. And we see the ladies really being there for her. They're, li- they're listening to her concerns. They're comforting her. And Jackie comes out to tell the ladies that they're done. She thanks them all for everything they did for her. And now we go back to the husbands. And they go and they start asking Kima how long he's been married, to which he says seven years. And Kima brings up that Alicia was a dentist first, but she put it to the side and held up her coat when she got married and had the kids. So Eugene goes and asks Kima if Alicia loves dentistry because he loves being a doctor and he knows he would have never wanted to let it go, especially after all these years of being in medical school. Like, I actually, like, I'm so surprised that Alicia allowed herself to not be a dentist after all those years. Guys, she put in all those years to be a dentist and she came here to let a man tell her to be a stay-at-home wife. I thought the point of being a doctor is to work on your own schedule and your own time, especially if you open your own place. So I feel like maybe if Alicia was able to, or had her own place, she could have been able to raise her babies and still be a dentist. I don't know. But Kima goes in to bring up again that he was born in Nigeria and he's considered a weak man if his wife doesn't listen to him. And this is when we get all the men starting to like side eye him and they're just kind of not really liking what he's selling. So then Kima gets worse. And this is when he goes, I'm living in America. I love it here. That's great. But women have been running things for too long. I refuse to cut my nutsacks. I refuse. When have women been running things? Men have been running the world since centuries for a long time. They've been the kings. They've been the ones building things, starting businesses, being the CEOs, choosing who works with, for them and with them. Like, what are you talking about? What? This man's an idiot. I would never allow myself to be around this man. But I think this is the point when the men get very annoyed at him. And I feel like Kima's kind of taking jabs at them in a way because they all do have strong opinionated wives. So Kima goes back to repeat that his culture, the men run things, which I do completely understand. I mean, I'm raised in an Arab household where my dad takes charge. He runs most things. But at the end of the day, he does know where my mom is the lead in certain situations. So he does take a backseat in those aspects of our lives. And he lets her run things how she pleases. But then he knows when he needs to drive the car, okay? But like if my dad were to ever not let my mom have a break from us or not have her own peace and do her thing or maybe just have her own lazy days, there wouldn't be a my mom and my dad, okay? I mean, they both know where the line crosses. They know when to 
let each other do their own thing. And I feel like Kima doesn't let his wife do his her own thing. And I feel like that's going to be the detriment to their marriage. But we see Heavenly's husband get in here and he just brings up that he's of Caribbean descent. So he sees his brother making statements about American men as well. And he doesn't like it. So he feels like Kima's doing the same thing that his brothers do to him. But Kima's just saying that he didn't mean it that way. And he feels like the men need to take back the control that they deserve. But like I've said, men have controlled the world forever. When have women ever had a voice? This is a really new thing that women have a voice. And it's only because of social media, honestly. But the husbands basically tell Kima to sit his ass down because he's still young and learning. I mean, obviously, they didn't say that. This is me writing it. But this is what they're implying. And this is when we get Heavenly in the confessional with her husband throwing shade, saying, if you a king and everybody knows you a king, you don't have to continue saying it. And she's right. Kima definitely has some sort of insecurity where he feels like he needs to keep reminding people that he's the man of the house. And if you acted like one, maybe your wife wouldn't have to take the lead sometimes. I don't know. But we then get the final product of the campaign. And it's just, it's very nice. You know, the woman contributed very nicely to this. It looks great. Professional. They did a fantastic job. I did laugh a little bit because I know that it's like a really serious thing. But it was perfect. I loved it. Uh, but the preview for next episode looks really good because it looks like their cast trip is going to be to Hilton Head, South Carolina, which is where Jackie's husband was caught cheating. So uh, this is going to be something shady. I really hope to next week is going to be as good as it seemed in the preview. Let's hope. Can't wait to catch you guys next week. Don't forget to listen up on all of our episodes. I do everything Bravo. So follow up. Stay tuned for Potomac. That's going to be right after this. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. They are signing off.